In an article by Michelle Lerner from the Washington Post, between 2016 and 2019, the percentage of non-Hispanic white Americans who own homes has been consistently above 71%, according to recent analysis by the National Association of Realtors. During that same time period, the homeownership rate for black Americans has been just above 41%, for Hispanic Americans just above 45%, and for Asian Americans just above 53%. Overall homeownership rates in the United States have hovered between 65 and 69% for the past two decades, with a rise and then a dip before and after the housing crisis. Today's show, I hope to educate you more about the factors involved when purchasing a home and why you should consider getting a 15-year mortgage versus a 30-year mortgage. Welcome to the Good Samaritan Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Jackson. Let's get the show started. Welcome to episode five of the Good Samaritan Podcast. Glad to have you all with me yet again. And for my new listeners, welcome. I am really uh, stoked about this episode. I've uh, actually gone through a number of, um, had the opportunity to go through a number of processes with buying a home. So I I do feel a a little more intimately knowledgeable about this this topic, but I always uh, do my research of what might have changed and uh, what what my some of my ideas and what my ideals are and what I think fits best for you all. Uh, but most importantly, this will be an educational uh, episode about uh, the factors you typically consider when you're buying a home and how you kind of look at those factors and how it actually directly relates uh, to your life and even some of the things that we've already discussed in the series, like um, making sure to only spend between 25 and on the high end, uh, 30% of your income on housing, uh, but I, w- I would rather you stay at 25%, but I give you a little 5% leeway uh, just just to just to make the wife happy or your spouse happy uh, if there are some finishes you just gotta you gotta have or there's just a neighborhood you gotta be within. Um, but outside of that, I highly recommend for you to, to stay 25% and under. Um, but as we get back to uh, what we've deemed the American dream and a big part of that American dream is becoming a homeowner. And if you heard those stats from the beginning of the podcast, you know, they're the good portion, good portion of of American citizens own their own homes. Um, when we say own them, they most of them probably have mortgages against them. But yes, the the titles are in their names um, and they are no longer renting and they're owning. And that's a, a great place to be in. That's a great foundation to building wealth. So if you if you don't own a home or if you don't have a, a mortgage for a home and you're renting, I'd highly encourage you to to sit down and as we've talked about budgeting, um, to get that path on how to how to become a homeowner in this country because it's a great way to to build wealth. Um, but back to that American dream, it you know the American dream it is that that first pinnacle in adult life that we aim to achieve as citizens. It's a really a significant step in our life that symbolizes our, you know, symbolizes our prosperity, uh, our financial well-being, uh, being a homeowner. We don't always, you know, take into the consideration, though, uh, the financial impact uh, that buying a house will have. Uh, and what I mean financial impact, what that mortgage uh, impact will have uh, when we purchase that home. What I mean by that financial impact, we typically look for the first three things when we're going to look for lending from a lender for a mortgage. We want to find out how much it is we can borrow, what our interest rate is, 
in the term or the length of the loan, which is, you know, typically is a 30 year loan. I believe 90% of all mortgages are, are 30, 30 year mortgages. But after that, we kind of, once we get those set in stone, once the bank tells us how much money we can get, we get an idea of what the payment is. If that fits within our realm of affordability, uh, then we're off and running uh, to look for a house. Um, and what happens then is we, you know, we start we care we we start to focus more on bedrooms and finishings, uh, as I mentioned before, what kind of neighborhood, et cetera, et cetera. And I can tell you, you know, for our first home in 2011, which is actually <laughs> why I made this, uh, why I made this episode is uh, I knew it was a good time. I actually read Rich Dad, Rich Dad Poor Dad at the time, and I I was a saver. Uh, fortunately for both my wife and I, we were able to buy our first home uh, with a 30-year mortgage, uh, low payment down, which is you know other. We'll get into uh, those things for sure in other episodes, uh, but this. Uh, this home that we bought, our first house that we bought in the Dallas-Fort Worth area uh, for only $130,000. It was a 2,200-square-foot house. It was a, a great upgrade from the two-bedroom apartment we were in uh, for my wife and my, my two boys. Uh, and it was just a, it was a great overall decision. It would, it would appreciate very quickly for us uh, as well. Uh, but I will tell you there was a moment I had standing in the kitchen of that home about four months in into the into the the mortgage that we had you know signed and gotten with the lender and made and there was this word I you know I, I wasn't as concerned with it before uh, before we went and got the mortgage but it's called amortization and a amortization schedule uh, it's a big fancy word that essentially you know breaks down your payments into principal and interest. Uh, an amortization schedule actually shows you every single payment uh, you will make over the course of the term of your loan. So even for a 30 year loan, all 360 uh, payments, I believe, uh, will be broken out for you. And they give this to you, you know, pre uh, pre signing the promissory note and for the loan, you know, kind of committing. But you're you know, you just kind of. As a lot of the legal jargon that's happening during that time, you, you've kind of already made that decision to, to move forward. And it was back to that moment in the kitchen. So our, our home was $130,000, as I mentioned before. Um, but I, I looked at our amortization and I was just kind of like, man, like the principal what's coming off. The principal every month is kind of it's kind of low. I believe it was like uh, it was $112 a month. Uh, was coming off the principal with every payment that we made. I believe our mortgage was about twelve hundred dollars uh, a month, and I was just like, "This seems kind of, you know, seemed kind of weird." I was like, "Only a hundred. I'm like, "What? What's happening to the other, you know, the other uh, almost, you know, over uh, just under eleven hundred dollars that I'm paying every month?" Which part of that is taxes and insurance. We'll talk about that as well. Um, but the other, the other, the really huge chunk in a 30 year mortgage is actually the interest. Uh, so in the, in the way I break it down, the way I look at it as principal and interest, principal is the money uh, that comes off the money that you borrow for the bank. Uh, and even a better terms is for me is money you pay yourself. That's money you can uh, recruit depending on how the market goes because you can resell that home 
uh, even if you resell that home for exactly uh, what you bought it for, the principal payments that you made to knock down that loan is actually what can be deemed as forced equity or is money that you still can retain based on the value of your home. Interest uh, is money you pay out to the bank. Uh, it's, as I talked about in the last show, uh, it's private for the bank. It's why you, as a buyer and a, uh, as a, buyer and a seller, come together because you get a mutual benefit out of this transaction. Well, the benefit for the transaction is the interest uh, for the bank. And in a 30-year term, uh, the, the bank gets 800 bucks uh, a month uh, in this uh, in this example. And I just kind of just, you know, at the time, it just didn't sit didn't sit right with me because to me, I, I looked at it as I'm paying myself one hundred and twelve dollars a month and I'm giving the bank eight hundred dollars a month. And then I give the rest of the money and the payment uh, to interest. I mean, to uh, insurance and taxes. Uh, and I want and, and, and in the in the moment, I was like, well, how do I get, you know, my principal? Um, how do I get the principal, you know, to go down faster? And the way you can get to go down faster, obviously, is to pay more. You pay more on the principal uh, of the home. OK, so before we get into to talking about the principal going down, let's back it up. So. Your mortgage is affected and primarily your principal interest payments. Your insurance and taxes are also included in your mortgage payment if you use escrow uh, to pay your your taxes and your insurance. Uh, But they impact it in a different way. We're specifically going to talk about the principal and interest part uh, of your mortgage payment. And they are affected by, as I mentioned before, how much you borrow, your interest rate and the length of your mortgage. Now. The more you borrow, the higher your payment and the higher your interest rate impacts your payment the same way. So it drives your payment up. So for how much you borrow and your interest rate, they are directly correlated to your payment. If one goes up, uh, so does the payment go up. Uh, Now with your loan term, uh, your loan term is a tricky one. So your loan term actually does the opposite. It is inversely correlated to your payment. So the more you increase the term, the lower the payment and the sh- and vice versa. The shorter or smaller the term, the higher the payment goes. So this is how people kind of, you know, play with the payment. It's why the 30 year mortgage is so popular. Uh, because it allows you to borrow more. It allows you to absorb a higher interest rate as well uh, because you can extend or spread out those monies uh, over a much longer time period. But there is a trade-off when you do that, and we'll get into that uh, definitely soon here on this episode. But I wanted to start off with an example. Uh, So, for example, a $250,000 home at... Let's give it a 4.3% interest rate for a 30-year term. We'll generate about $1,237 required in the payment for just the principal and interest. Uh, So depending, when you bring in taxes and insurance into it, taxes will be determined on what neighborhood you live in. So you might, you know, you might still get the twelve thirty seven for a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar home, but some neighborhoods the taxes are really cheap. They might be a hundred dollars a month, 
Um, other neighborhoods, they can be as much as uh, $800 a month because you might be paying $9,000, $10,000 a year uh, to your school, you know, to your local school district and city and county. So those are things also to keep in, in consideration. But as we just look at the principal and interest uh, on a 30 year mortgage term, uh, $1,237 a month. In contrast, uh, if we look, if all we're going to do is change is the length of the of the loan. So we're still going to have a $250,000 loan. We're still going to have a 4.3% interest rate. But instead of a 30 year mortgage, uh, we're going to sign up for a 15 year mortgage instead. Uh, so in contrast, by you know, keeping those, you know, the interest rate and the borrowing amount the same, uh, the 15-year loan will generate a payment of about $1,887 a month. Uh, so the difference between the two loans, so for the 30-year mortgage, it's $1,200, $1,237. For the 15-year mortgage, is $1,887. It's a difference of $650, which is, you know, pretty, it's a pretty big difference. Really, the two important factors to understand when you compare these two loans and why I recommend a, a 15 year mortgage for a f versus a 30 year mortgage is, was, is when we get into the details. I'm sure you've heard uh, your mama or your grandma you te always tell you growing up like the devil's in the details. Uh, pay attention to the details. And one of those details, as I mentioned before, is the amortization schedule and then also total interest paid. Um, how much total interest we pay versus the two loans is also uh, starkly different uh, as we just kind of looked at the difference on the the monthly the monthly payment required by the two loans. OK, so let's start with amortization. and It'll be easier to kind of roll through our example of it. Um, so on that two hundred fifty thousand dollar mortgage on that four percent interest, uh, your your principal payment for the 30 year mortgage comes out to $341.35. Your interest comes out to $895.83. As I, you know, discuss the amortization schedule, the big fancy word it is, it, it simply uh, breaks down all your payments uh, to show what you pay over time. Uh, so though your payment stays the same, each payment you make uh, actually changes the amount of principal and interest you pay. So as you go along uh, through the schedule of the amortization, your principal amount paid will grow with each payment and the interest amount paid that you pay will decrease with each payment. And then it'll be a direct trade-off because at the lender, as you pay down principal, uh, they calculate your interest uh, each pretty much each day. They actually have a daily interest accrual uh, between each payment. And, and, and the way that happens is, is as you pay down the principal, your overall balance you owe decreases. Uh, therefore, when they come back around to do the math on the interest, it is also lower because it is based on a lower amount. Um, and the differences, as I calculated for this example, is about one dollar and 40, 40 cents uh, each month that you pay um, that goes from being on the interest side to the principal side because the overall uh, balance has decreased. Um, but to go back to to the 30 year mortgage, your principal is three hundred and forty one dollars. 
your interest is $895. The other big thing I would point out here is, is as I gave you in my example, my own personal example, uh, the thing that doesn't sit uh, sit right with me and I would hope doesn't sit right with you is that the bank gets way more money <laughs> than you do each month uh, in a 30-year mortgage. Uh, as I always mention, it's it's great to, it's, I'd rather be in a 30-year mortgage than to be renting. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but the, uh, the advantage isn't always as big as it seems if you don't have appreciation, uh, which will be very hard to come by when you're at the top end of a market for sure and actually can um, put you in trouble um, and put mortgages underwater, as we heard in the last housing crisis, uh, which is a fear uh, how housing will be impacted by the coronavirus as well. When you don't have that appreciation, and say you're in the position where you need to sell or you need to refinance, depending on how much you own your loan, it can determine, uh, when I say your loan, how much you owe left on your principal versus the value of your house uh, can prevent you from tapping either one of those uh, things I just mentioned and can potentially, you know, if you can't pay, put you into foreclosure. Um, so we'll, we'll definitely talk more about that as well. On the flip side, on a 15-year, same borrowing amount, same interest rate, uh, your principal comes out to $991.21. Uh, your interest comes out to $895.83. Uh, the first thing I will point out here is you'll notice your interest is the exact same for that first payment. Um your principal is not, but your interest is the same. So you're going to pay the same amount of interest based on what you borrow at the beginning of your loan term, no matter if it's 10, 10 years, 15 years or 30 years. Uh, the big difference is, is how many months uh, you pay. And as I mentioned before, as you pay each month, your principal declines and your interest declines. So on a on a 15 year Mortgage, your principal you're paying down each month is $991. Cha-ching, it's a much better outlook than being, uh, you're paying, I, I look at it as you pay yourself more, you put more value in your home that you own each month that you go to work and spend those hard-earned dollars to pay that mortgage uh, versus what the bank earns. And, it's, and in addition, there's an accelerated pace at which the interest number on the bank side declines uh, each month. Uh, and the principal side that you pay down each month uh, is also accelerated uh, as you will pay even more each month uh, on the principal as you go along through the schedule. Uh, and because of that, which is directly related, related to my, the next big point that I want you to understand uh, about the difference between a 30 year and 15 year mortgage is your total interest paid. Um, so you pay significantly less in total interest paid over these two time periods. Uh, so for our example, on a 30-year mortgage, the total interest paid is $195,383,000 versus a total paid interest uh, through the, the life of the loan in a 15-year mortgage um, comes out to about $89,665. Uh, 
a staggering difference, the difference between the two uh, loans in regards to total interest that you paid on the same $250,000 is $105,000. And I would be willing to bet, as we've talked about before, how interest in debt works, you would much rather have $105,000 more in the future uh, than, than not. Um, there's there's no doubt about that. And so when you look at when you compare the two the two loans, the the big question that I always get, because those are really two added advantages. Your principal gets paid down faster. You have a shorter term loan and you own the house potentially within 15 years. And it can be lower than that. But 15 years is our example, um, which are the pros of going with the 15 year versus the 30 year. I'm sure plenty of my listeners screaming out, well, Jason, that $650 a month is, is significant. I don't I don't know if I can, you know, I can afford that. And the big, you know, the con is what we look at for 15-year mortgages is you have a higher payment. And I would imagine a, a number of you are saying, well, I can't, you know, I can't afford an extra $650 a month. And I bring you back to the beginning of the show where I mentioned you know, we, you know, you're targeting 25% of your income to pay for housing. So you want to back into the number, you know, the number that you can afford. Now that you know that the number you can afford, say it's a $1,500 a month. We know that your mortgage needs to be $1,500 a month. Can we accomplish that with a 15 year and a 30 year mortgage? Yes, we can. Either way, you can pay $1,500 a month for a 15-year or 30-year mortgage. The difference is it probably means we have to take another look at how much money are we willing to borrow and put in line and put it in line with the goals that we're looking to achieve and the ones that we've set for ourselves. So using $1,500 as our example of how we want to back into how much we can borrow uh, always be wary of the bank because the bank will always try to convince you to borrow more than you want to. In uh, their math that they will give you is they all, they're always trying to upsell you because remember, the more the bank gives you in a loan, the more money they make in interest. Uh, they would rather prefer a 30 year loan if with good uh, with good borrowers who have good credit, who show they can pay because that, as you remember from the buyers and sellers transactions, that hundred and five thousand dollar difference uh, that I mentioned between the 15 year and the 30 year mortgage. I want you to keep that hundred and five thousand dollars because you can put that hundred and five thousand dollars in so many other investments that can turn and make money for you. The bank, on the other hand, they want that $105,000 and in a 30 year mortgage, you you allow them to accrue that and to make and to make those funds. But back to our example um, for the $1,500, say you can afford $1,500 for a 30 year mortgage. If you back into it, including taxes and insurance, which, like I said before, depends on where you want to live because your taxes will be set uh, by your local municipalities. You can probably borrow around $250,000 is probably the reason why I use that $250,000 example. But you can borrow about $250,000. It gives you about it gives you about a I believe a $500 leeway for taxes and insurance uh, to be included in that uh, to hit, 
you know, to hit fifteen hundred dollars of that, you know, that's twenty five percent of your your income. But just as an example, uh, it being twenty five percent of the income in this example for a fifteen year mortgage, the amount you need to be able to borrow to still hit that fifteen hundred dollar a month uh, target that we've set is one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So there's a huge difference between how much you can pay and how much um, and and what your strategy is, I would suggest living below your means and letting the system work for you. This is the way you can do that. And the reality here is and what what these numbers are really getting at are really resetting your mindset as to what it is you can afford and what your goals are. Because $250,000 versus $150,000, for example, as a budget to go out and find a home changes the whole situation drastically from, you know, the amount of square footage you want to have in a home, uh, the number of bedrooms, the the finishes, as I talked before, whether you wanted a pool or not. And I know we're always looking for the perfect home when we go out to buy our first home. And I would like you to take that moment to not become so emotionally attached to a home. And yes, it's a home. And I will. Um, the the difference that I I have learned, and that's I've, I've tried to recruit my wife uh, to this side because she she likes nice things as most wives do. Um, I can live anywhere as long as my wife and my boys we're still together. We can we can make a home anywhere. And I hope that you would. Uh, take that same approach to not sacrifice your um, your goals for where you want to be. And to, to back to that example, it means we we have to take a look at being in a more affordable neighborhood. We might have to commute further. Uh, we might not be in the dream district we want to be in because the taxes are just too daggone high. Uh, some people are paying twelve to fifteen thousand dollars a year in Texas uh, for that phenomenal school district uh, that they live by, or in the county that they live in versus another county. And you know that, and, and I and I want to I want to make this point. It's okay. I, I'm not here to. There is no vilification of the thirty-year mortgage. It's about. How do you want to build wealth? And it, there is a way to do it comfortably. I want you to be able to, on a 15-year mortgage, every time, no matter if you invest in nothing else, uh, you don't. if you don't have the money or the, the comfort, comfortability to invest in anything else, your home is an investment, whether you look at it or not. And just paying your mortgage every month, if you have a 15-year mortgage, will significantly improve the situation uh, from a wealth perspective, because it accelerates significantly faster uh, the amount of principal paid down on the home to where uh, if you get the appreciation down the road and you decide to sell it, which you probably will if you're in a $150,000 home, the amount of equity you can have built in the home will be so much more uh, down the road, plus appreciation, plus uh, the mortgage pay down. Uh, that you can be in a, a much better position wealth-wise than you will uh, with the 30-year mortgage. In my opinion, I believe there's more risk with a 30-year mortgage because you are at you're more at the whims uh, of the 
the values of homes in the market uh, than you are with the 15 year. It doesn't mean you can't lose money with the 15 year. For example, if you buy at the top of a market, uh, at the high of a market, which I hope we are not in because due to the coronavirus and we'll see how it impacts the housing market in the next six to 12 months. Um, but with the 30 year mortgage, if you, you've all, you heard during the, the last crisis, people being underwater, um, it's harder not that say it's impossible. It's just you're in a better situation financially with a 15 year mortgage, uh, because even if even if you lose, if you've been paying on a 15 year mortgage for five years, even if you lose a twenty thousand dollars on the value of your home from when you bought it, you know, from our example, you're you're knocking out almost a thousand dollars a month on the principal. That's twelve thousand dollars a year that's sixty thousand dollars of equity you've put in that home so even if you lose twenty thousand dollars you still have forty you have forty thousand dollars of equity in that home so you can still sell it you're still flexible you can still make a move if you need to on the flip side on a 30-year mortgage you're paying only about three hundred and thirty dollars or you know three hundred and thirty dollars say three hundred dollars uh, off the principal every month that's about, you know, $3,000 a year, you know, close to $3,600 a year, $3,000 a year over five years. You know, you're looking at $15,000. And if your appreciation goes down $20,000 and you need to sell, or you get in some trouble, you're technically underwater um, by five grand. And if you need to sell, you got to come up with five grand and pay the bank for them to allow you to sell it. Uh, to make up the shortfall uh, if the market you know goes down. The other thing I will say, and that's in that's in a scenario if you know you lose twenty grand of value in your home, say over that five years it grows by twenty thousand dollars. On the fifteen year mortgage, remember you got sixty grand of just equity you put in the home by paying the payment because you made this phenomenal de- decision to get a fifteen year mortgage. And the house appreciated 20 grand more than you paid for. So now you have 80 grand in equity uh, in that home in five years. And that's these are the the key differences I want you to take into consideration uh, between a 15 year and a 30 year mortgage, because they can mean all the difference uh, in your future and your financial future and financial wealth. Even if you just even if you just need to to get into the home, you can afford like a 30 year mortgage. You can get in it. Go for it. Uh, that, I don't, I'm not I don't um, want to. That, like I said, there's no vilifying of the 30 year mortgage, uh, but consider, you know, accelerating your payments and you can do the math. Uh, if you do have a 30 year mortgage right now, as I actually I'm uh, considering doing for my rental part now, I won't even say considering I've done the math and I'll take it to my wife here shortly. <laughs> um Paying down that principal enough to getting, you know, refinancing to a 15 year mortgage that still fits your your budget, if that makes sense. So I don't need a whole nother episode to to describe the the process of that. But that's also an option Uh, just because you have a 30 year mortgage now uh, with all the talk of refinancing. You can refinance to a 15 year mortgage. Uh, That would mean a higher payment, but it doesn't always have to mean that if you can determine um, you know, through your budgeting, how much money you need to knock off your mortgage to keep your payment the same, but get a 15 year mortgage 
and you're on year 26, I mean, you're talking about knocking off 11 years off your mortgage. Um, that's not going to 11, you know, you'll own your home in 11, 11 years sooner and paying the same amount of money uh, once you do the math and figure that out. And that's today's show. Thank you all for joining the Good Samaritan podcast with your host, Jason Jackson. Uh, to summarize today's episode, uh, I wanted to just reiterate the really important things that you should consider when you're buying a mortgage, which is how much you're going to borrow, your total loan amount. Uh, the term of that loan and the interest rate of that loan. And I want you to take it a step further. I want you to um, really comb through that amortization schedule within your loan and really look at how much principal and interest you're paying uh, with each with each payment because those, uh, those things are really important uh, in your wealth building journey. And the other piece is just total interest paid. Uh, talk to your lender, ask them about, you know, it doesn't have to be 30 or 15 years. Maybe it's a 20 year mortgage. Uh, negotiate with your lender let your lender know what your needs are, your wants are. And maybe you can knock, you know, maybe it's knocking off five years of a 30 year mortgage uh, just to start. Uh, but my, my recommendation is to really consider looking at a 15 year mortgage versus a 30 year mortgage. Uh, it can be the foundation of your wealth building process. Uh, start with your home first before you, you buy other other properties uh, or investments. Um, make sure that it's on stable footing and stable ground because it's the it's the place where you put a roof over your head. It's the place that uh, you come home to uh, that brings solace and comfort uh, where you can be with your family. But as always, no matter where you are in your financial journey, always take the time to be a good Samaritan. Peace.